I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. What? Let it out. I want you to hit me. Trust me. Come on. Come on. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Hit me, baby, one more time. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to Hit Me One More Time, the Nostalgia Reflection Podcast, where you look at the things that we loved when we were younger and ask the question, is this good? I'm David Luzader, and before I introduce Nick and our great guest, we have a great show lined up for you, but we have just a quick programming note. This is our last episode on the Frog Pants feed. Um, I, I, we were on the feed because I won season two of America's Next Top Podcaster, and that year is now up. We had an amazing year. Thank you. Uh, thank you to Scott for putting those episodes up each week. Very thankful. But if you are enjoying the show, you can just listen in every once in a while. Just for When you see a topic that you like, make sure you subscribe to us directly so you don't miss those episodes. And while you're doing it, why not uh, rate and review us as well? That helps new people find the show. Now is the time where I bring Nick into this mess. Nick, welcome to the show. Hey, David. Happy to be here once again. Happy to have you. How are you doing? I'm, well, as I mentioned right before we started recording, I'm kind of like awkwardly staring at a burrito, so I'm having like a mix of emotions. Um, but uh, presumably by the time anyone hears this episode, I will have eaten it. So overall, I'm doing great. <laughs> Excellent. And our guest this week is a man who is so busy that I'm amazed he could find the time to be here with us. He is the creator of America's Next Top Podcaster, the reason so many people have heard this, because he took a chance on a guy like me, but he also does Coverville, The Morning Stream, 10 million other things about Marvel, <laughs> Strike Force, and Pokemon, and et cetera, et cetera. The one, the only, Brian Ibbett. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I've had to strip down a few podcasts. I've, <laughs> I'm not doing the Pokemon show anymore. I still play, but I'm not, uh, I'm not a regular on there, occasional guest. And the Marvel Strike Force thing, I had to just quit that game completely. It was a, uh, a life suck. <laughs> Great game, but man, that thing uh, just ate up every ounce of time that I had. Yeah. So I have to ask, though, uh, what's your starter yes. Pokemon? Because we might cancel the show <laughs> like right now, depending on your answer. <laughs> uh, my starter is, uh, is uh, uh, Squirtle. Uh, okay. I mean, I'm talking more Pokemon Go yeah, than, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but when I do the actual Pokemon, you know, Game Boy slash Switch mm -hmm. games, um, then then I start with Squirtle if that's the option. Uh, obviously, with the most recent Pokemon, I started with the um, the Fire one. Which oh, one was the, the Fire the one? Score, the most recent score bunny. Pokemon. Was it the Rabbit? I think that was the newest one. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. It was right, right. Would you call it Scorch Bunny? It's Scorch? like Score Bunny, Scor or like Scor that. Scor Scor Bunny. Yeah, yeah. It sounds Scor like a, like right. an Italian yes. politician during some some <laughs> era. Of, know, David, you're the historian. Now. That's right. Yeah, we've had a real run on this podcast of possibly <laughs> alienating the Italians, and I I don't want to keep that going. But we love Italians. <laughs> it's true, as we have said many times. <laughs> Oh, neither Absolutely. here nor there. I don't think this week's topic uh, has anything to do with the Italians, but I don't know. If I'm wrong, let me know. Brian, you brought the topic this week, and that is Micronauts. Micronauts are an American toy line that first debuted in the late 70s with incredible articulation and interchangeable parts. And there's... That's right. Yeah, their tagline was the interchangeable world of the Micronauts. That was the the uh, the thing that you saw on, on the top of every package top of every box mm, interesting well this is the part of the show where we share our personal histories with the topic brian you brought this here to us what is your history with the micronauts i guess i better go first so uh uh me in the mid to late 70s um about 1976 77 i was uh 77 of course big into star wars big into anything sci-fi space toys all that sort of thing and uh, I was with my grandmother who was watching me for the weekend and we were at a toy store and I saw this thing on the shelf. It was a, um, God, what was it? It was like a little car. I think the Thorium Orbiter was the toy. 
and came with a little uh, clear plastic dude. And I said, I want that, but in a much, much higher voice, because that's what I had at the time. And uh, she she picked it up for me, and my entrance into the, the world of Micronauts was born. It was uh, really quickly easy to get hooked on this stuff, because the the vehicle you could take apart, put back together to make two or three different kinds of vehicles. The dude would, you know, ride in the seat, wherever the seat was, wherever, you know, put it on top of the thing or, or on the side or underneath. And then all of the little, um, the little plugs on the side could be plugged into his back or his, if you take his, uh, his hands off, you could actually put those into some of the slots and make him part of the vehicle and, and things like that. It was uh, at the time, it feels like it's something so, so easy, right? But at the mm-hmm. time, it was the only thing out there that was doing it. Oh, and and these guys bent at the knees and the mm-hmm. elbows, which Star Wars, the Star Wars toys weren't doing at the time. Yeah, and that was deal. a huge uh, articulation was a huge part of it, part of the draw for me. That was, yeah, they were definitely revolutionary. I mean, seeing them. I was amazed that these were like 70s toys. I mean, from the look of them, they're mm-hmm. definitely 70s toys. <laughs> but some... definitely 70s. Like the packaging, definitely 70s. <laughs> but, I mean, you could see with some minor modifications, and there have been those minor modifications, you could see modern modern versions of these uh, these toys out today for sure. Yeah. Oh, there have been a lot of attempts to get the the Micronauts back onto store shelves, and we'll <laughs> we'll mention that. But there first, have. we have to get through uh, myself and Nick. I'll say going first that I don't really have any history with the Micronauts. I had always heard of them, uh, especially like as I got a little bit older and more into like just internet culture, and you find those like weird niche, different things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like oh, well, you, you know, you've heard of Transformers. Have you heard of the Micronauts? And so I just had it. Go-bots. Yeah. <laughs> Go-bots. <laughs> and I just had in my head that Micronauts had like, was like a popular 70s toy line that just like faded away and there was like a cartoon show and all this stuff. And like, lo and behold, I find out in preparation for this show, not the case at all. Um, no. The, no. They were uh, a big a comic series but but uh never a cartoon yet, yet. asterisk <laughs> right maybe maybe in the future but nick maybe yeah <laughs> right <laughs> nick what about you any history with the micronauts you got a large collection i can see them there behind you <laughs> on the <laughs> on the empty oh no wait there's stuff on that shelf now. It was empty the last time I looked. There's like there's a ghost, the ghost of Micronauts or something. Um, yeah, basically no other than like knowing of the name. I want to say oh, this is like a, a weird deep cut into my memory, but like I think mm-hmm. I was looking at a Wizard magazine, um, and and they they had like a top 100 of best comics or something like that of all time or. Or so I'm, I'm going to have two different memories that are probably conflicting with each other. Like Leonardo DiCaprio was yeah. in there rummaging around, and this is what I got. But <laughs> either a there was Micronauts listed in like the top 100 comics of all time, um, and that's where I learned about. Or it was a Wizard magazine issue around the time where either Image or Devils Do maybe um, were relaunching it uh, in the early yeah. 2000s briefly, and they were doing a little expose on it. So like I knew the name. I knew it was a thing about tiny people. And I think, and we'll get into this because it's after this topic came up as part being part of the show, I, I did my research uh, and I read some of the comic and there's certain elements that have expanded beyond the original Microdox comic that I at least, I, I, I fell into reading certain Marvel comics beyond the, the age of Micronauts. Um, so I technically have some history with certain elements of it, um, but was never really a Micronauts. I never played with the toys, but I, I played with Transformers, which, um, spoiler alert, Transformers were kind of like a, a a descendant of Micronauts. But beyond that, Micronauts itself, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, nothing. Yeah, the weird cousin of the Micronauts were the Transformers. <laughs> the weird cousin who somehow had more friends. <laughs> right. Like, where's, yes. where's my Michael Bay directed Micronauts movie? Okay. This hey, you oh, know, boy. again, th- that well, that'll come up. There's a... <laughs> this has nothing this to do. A, this was a possible thing. Yeah, it was. 
this has nothing to do with Micronauts, but it, it's something that I learned this week. And just with, I don't know why Nick, you talking about comics reminded me. I watched Buckaroo Banzai with my girlfriend last week because she had never seen it and we wanted to watch a weird movie. And then I look up, I'm like, oh, you know, what, what, was there ever any follow-up to Buckaroo Banzai? And they like just announced, Dark Horse just announced they are doing a graphic novel sequel to the movie. Believe it. There's a weird kind of timing, right? Because I had forgotten that there was going to be even, there was the talk a couple of years ago of a Micronauts movie that um, was going to be, and still may happen, but J.J. Abrams was was uh, connected to it, and it was going to be part of the Hasbro cinematic universe. I know you're going to be oh, right. you're going to be talking about, it, so we'll go deeper into the discussion of that. But um, uh, I'd forgotten about all that, and I had no idea about the other thing that we kind of touched on a minute ago about the animated series until recently, which is great. Well, yes, maybe. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see. There is a lot of history with the Micronauts. And Nick, can you tell us about the world's history with the Micronauts? I can. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, Star Wars <laughs> killed Micronauts. But let's back up. The Micronauts toy line was based on and licensed from the Microman toy line from Japanese company Takara. The Mega Corporation, which honestly, the more I read it, like sounds like an evil corporation. Really like, yeah, does. they have their hands in toys, but also missiles. Uh, evil missiles versus the doesn't matter anyway the mega corporation bought the licensing rights to microman and localized it as micronauts for u.s distribution uh the toys proved immensely popular so popular in fact that mega would buy up the toy licensing rights to any property that was remotely science fiction and a bid to prevent the cannibalization of the micronaut moneymaker Wait, let me back up some more. Microman came to existence because of the energy crisis of the 1970s. The energy crisis was the result of petroleum shortages in the Western world, such as the United States, Canada, et cetera, in case you forgot like what was part of the West. Um, this was in part caused by the Yom Kippur War and the Iranian Revolution, which triggered interruptions in Middle Eastern oil exports. Well, it was actually OPEC exports. deciding not to export to North. Uh, it's not important. No, 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 David! Please add in your little bit of history ad lib. Oh, no, 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 you, no, you got, you got it. No, you, you're, you're right there. It's because of because of the Yom Kippur War and the Iranian Revolution, but also they didn't like the sides that America was taking, and so they're like, "We're just not gonna, we're not gonna sell you, give you any oil." And that was I, apparently very bad for America. It, it, mm -hmm. it, it, but it led to micronauts. So because petroleum costs were so high, Takara sought to reduce the sizes of their toys, which led to the creation of Microman. <laughs> Mego licensed several toys from the Microman line, as well as create some of their own designs for their micronauts. The toyline sold extremely well, which I realize I've already said, with $32 million in sales during one fiscal period. Wow. Micronauts expanded into the multimedia world, including several comic book series over the decades, the longest and most popular being the original Bill Mantlo and Michael Golden Marvel Comics run, which fleshed out a whole mythology for the characters and featured multiple new characters and a semi-integration with the Marvel Universe. Now, Mego ended up declaring uh, bankruptcy in the early 80s, in part because of the implosion of Micronauts. Basically, despite their mad rush to buy all the licenses to potential competitors, they failed to acquire the little indie story uh, Star Wars, which exploded in popularity and cannibalized the sales of a lot of other toys. Um, there have been other attempts to revive Micronauts for a modern audience, with the most recent attempt being an animated series that was due to release in 2019, but was delayed to 2021. Womp womp. Whoa. And it's still delayed. <laughs> still delayed. <laughs> Maybe it'll come out. Yeah, there have been some um, some production uh, concept sketches that have surfaced that look great. Looks like a really cool adaptation of the characters in the series, but um, that's really all that surfaced, and no no mention of voice actors or or you know any any movement or activity that's happening with that um i mentioned the the uh the movie there was supposed to be a movie that was going to come out in 2020 i don't know if that was the one that was tied to jj abrams but he's expressed interest in making one but this was going to be hasbro's answer to the marvel cinematic universe and it was basically going to be um gi joe 
micro machines, maybe uh, Rom the Space Knight and Micronauts. So it's going to be like all these toy properties taking place all in the same universe. Mask and uh, kind of like you know, like I said, like the MCU. Oh, Mask is the other one. That's right. Yeah, not micro micro machines, but Mask. Yep. Yeah, that was. Uh, but none of that's happened. And no. uh, <laughs> how yeah. many attempted shared universes have like coming going at this point? Well, and right, yeah, you had right, like Universal Monsters yes. one, and uh, yeah, Universal was the only weird one that really went for it because there was like talks of all these other ones, mm-hmm. but nobody actually like tried it, mm-hmm. and then Universal did, but they released a bad movie or a lackluster movie, yeah. I'll, I'll say more than anything, right. and it and everybody just lost interest immediately, and it felt like that for these other people, you know, like the GI Joe movies had done like okay, but weren't like super popular. And I feel like it just kind of took the wind mm-hmm. out of the sails of like, well, if you're not Marvel or DC to a certain extent, or like DC. it's just not going to work for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, step one, make a good movie. <laughs> yes. Step two, then, right. like, even if you have the ambition in the back of your mind, like make good movie first, then say, have you heard of the <laughs> Avengers initiative Let or something? This. That is the thing. Exactly. That's the problem is that, that, um, they probably did have the idea, oh, let's make a Micronauts movie. Or you know what we could do? Or probably it probably did start off with the G.I. Joe stuff or the the mask or something that was more popular. And they said, Oh, you know what we could do? We could do our own cinematic universe and pull in all these other toy properties. And then as the idea gets bigger and more exciting to everybody, it kind of crushes itself under its own weight. And there's no, you know. It all of a sudden becomes this daunting thing that just won't happen because they've they've put too much on it. They've added too much to it. They had a really impressive stable behind it, though. I'm looking at the the writers that they had had for this, and they had uh, Michael Michael Chabon, Brian K. Vaughn, Nicole Perlman, uh, John Francis Daly, just like a lot of people who have experience working in in the, in like comics mm-hmm. and like this kind of thing. And it's like if anybody could maybe like pull it off, it would be a team like this but so many group so many people lack or so many of these studios lack a a kevin feig feige feige whatever it is like that's you know that's the guy that's (laughs) rogue yeah what i i just i wanted to change it up i don't know (laughs) you know it's no more right or wrong than than uh, most of the other ones (laughs) we just don't know which is the right one he's the kevin it's true that's right yeah, and it's funny. We you you mentioned the um Hasbro buying up all these properties. They were going nuts in the 70s. They bought up things like um uh not Labyrinth, but uh, Flash Gordon, Labyrinth. the you know, stuff based on the the uh, the Queen and Dino De Laurentiis movie. Um I mean they were basically buying everything up and for whatever reason thought, ah, Star Wars, we don't need that. And that ended up being their downfall. And which is funny because it was uh it was Flash Gordon because he couldn't make a Flash Gordon movie that uh what's his what's his name? George something. Um made made Star Wars. <laughs> right, yeah. I unironically <laughs> love the Flash Gordon movie, though. Not relevant necessarily to, to Micronauts, but it's oh it's so much fun. It's exactly. It's a lot of fun. It's it's um, it's about as good as it has to be. Exactly. And as you'd expect it to be if you see set photos and stills and things like that. But it's um, there's something that is uh, that holds up about it, and it's still a lot of fun. It's cheesy, but it's uh, it's fun. It's certainly not Max von Sydow playing a Chinese character. But... No, Hollywood would never do that. <laughs> right. Yeah, never do that. No, exactly. I think I've only with yeah. Flash Gordon. Uh, I think so, I've only ever you know, seen clips of Flash Gordon in mm-hmm. like of other movies, like Ted. Like I watch Ted, really? and like there's my I'll see Flash Gordon yeah, in there, yeah. and I, I swear there's gonna be other movies where I there's someone's watching it in the background. Like mm-hmm. that's what I know about Flash Gordon, other than like I think I read a couple comics in the mid two thousands. Yeah, and and. Boy, the the movie is is so different from the comics or the old uh, the old serial or or any of that stuff. It is really its own creature. It almost doesn't have to even be called Flash Gordon. It could just be called 
Earthling goes to space and fights. <laughs> and uh, plays football Very elaborately with costumed people. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, right. You've got Ming, you've got football, and that's, and, and uh, you know, the rest of it's... Uh, it's sounding weirdly like King Arthur and the Knights of Justice Do right not now. bring that up. Okay, we mentioned I, comics, um, and I wanted to know, uh, Nick, you said you read it a little bit, but Brian, were you a Micronauts comic reader? I was, yeah. The, um, uh, the, the initial Marvel one I was, anyway. Never, I think I picked up the first few issues of the Dark Horse one and decided, yeah, this is not as fun as the as the marvel one but the marvel one was great because you actually had crossovers these guys were in the marvel universe in the, in what was called the microverse hmm. so um you know naturally you'd get crossovers with uh um captain universe you got the x-men surprisingly no ant-man and wasp even though oh. now in the in the recent movies they've gone into the microverse there was a little a tiny little bit of hope that i had that you know you'd see a little biotron zipping around in the uh in the background of one of those scenes but um yeah it's uh um it, the 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 marvel comic was a lot of fun and uh i get to meet Mike Golden, who is this amazing artist. Um, I think before he started doing the Micronauts stuff, I met him at a at a, a Denver Comic Con that I was a volunteer for. So I was actually assisting um, a few of the artists who were there. Bob Layton, who was doing Iron Man at the time, Mike Golden, oh, cool. um, and, and kind of showing them around and making sure they had everything that they needed. And in exchange, they drew some sketches in my sketchbook, which I wish i knew where it was oh, but no. <laughs> at oh, the time no. it was like oh that's really cool all right yeah i know somewhere i do have it somewhere i don't know where but i do have it somewhere but um just the you know just getting to meet him and and then seeing his work on these amazing covers uh, which were based on the toys that i loved was just such a cool thing Right. Like, uh, you know, they had added some characters and some of those characters kind of took front and center, uh, um, Marionette and Bug and, and things like that. But uh, a Croyer and um, uh, Reptoids and, and things like that, you'd get in the comics. And it was just really cool to see those come to life. I, I spent so well, I wouldn't say I spent so much of my money, but I spent so much of my parents money on <laughs> Micronauts, having them, you know buy those toys for me for Christmas and for birthdays and things like that. And then when I went off to college, oh, the no. big box I had of all that stuff just disappeared. Yeah, yeah. That's weird how it just disappeared randomly one day. Yeah. It just disappeared. Yeah, exactly. I don't know when to live upstate at a farm in New York. <laughs> there is a, a great story. I was just listening to a, a Paul F. Tompkins podcast. He had a great guest on there where he was talking about uh, this guy, you know, he used to have a lot of baseball cards. And then one day his mom sold them all. And he went into like a, a shop near his old house and saw some cards there and uh, was getting ready to like say something about it to the guy. And the guy without like a word points to a sign that's just, we don't want to hear about your mom selling your baseball cards. <laughs> <laughs> that common, that common, it happens that much. Exactly. Oh, geez. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, I'm sure they went to some other kid. I'm sure some some Which friend nice of theirs one. had a kid who was considerably younger and and probably really enjoyed him and appreciated him. That's what. That's all. The only thing I can console myself yeah. with. Yeah. <laughs> so you can hear Brian trying of. to but, console uh, himself with. But since with then, that I've. Phrase. <laughs> but since then, I've gone. I've gone to eBay and I've gotten some deals and picked up some of the things I had in my collection and. Um, uh, I've got them, you know, sitting in the other part of the basement. Again, had some fun putting them all together. Some of the boxes came with like, it was a big box of just loose parts and they didn't know what they had. And just from memory, I was able to figure out, oh, this is a part of that toy. And then this one is a part of this character, this figure. And then through all that, I was able to assemble like nine almost complete sets of things. Oh, that's and, so cool. um, Wow. So that was a, that was a good score, but man, I looked online, I looked on eBay before the show today, and those things still are way up high, like collectors mm -hmm. stuff that's in box, especially the um, the magnet 
stuff like Baron Cars and Force Commander are still selling for a lot of money. Wow. Yeah, there wasn't a yeah. a ton of them uh, i mean there was like a, a good amount when mm. they first like released but yeah with the fact that they mm-hmm. pretty much all disappeared after 1980 and any of like the revivals haven't necessarily been revivals of those old toys the and they've toys. been very like limited themselves mm. so it mm-hmm. like makes sense then that you know because like they because they make a new optimus prime every year every right. couple of years every, like, every time yeah. a new movie comes out exactly so <laughs> right. it's cool it's like oh right. this is the this is the 1988 uh optimus prime like that's cool but like there's 10 million of them there is not that many of of these micro knots which like so mm-hmm. i watched some of the commercials that i could find on youtube oh yeah those were fun and i mean you know mm-hmm. Commercial, some commercials from whatever the late seventies, early eighties. You know, they can be dated by today's standard. But there was like one with a guy who I think was trying to be like Steve Jobs meets Doctor Strange or something. And there's like <laughs> smoke coming yeah. in with just sort of like this ethereal vibe as he's introducing you to the world of the Micronauts. Uh, he didn't sound like that. He sounded way more ethereal. But anyway, uh, and I just like was like, what? What's the vibe? Because the thing was, I started reading yeah. the comics first. Uh, I read a, a few of the comics and I did some some be- background because I'm I'm a comics guy. So when I mm-hmm. and I'd heard at the very least that there was good things about the Micronauts comic. So I, I went there mm-hmm. and then I watched and the the comics like Bill Mantlo and Michael Golden definitely put for those first twelve issues like definitely put their spin. And then I go to watch this commercial and I'm like something different happened. Like, this, <laughs> this is the same thing. This really? Like, this doesn't feel like and they're like all like um, see through <laughs> or whatever. And I'm like what. What right, is, right. where's the, where's the bug? Where's bug? Yeah. Um, right. So I thought that was funny. Interesting. So on the Michael Golden thing for a bit, never met him. Um, but, mm-hmm. um, apparently part of the reason he had signed on to micro, the Micronauts comic was because he was tired of drawing superheroes. Uh, <laughs> so he took it. And then, uh, as you had mentioned, as the, those initial 12 issues go on. So Dave, in the first, actually at the end of the first issue, um, they end up in like Earth. They end up on our on the Marvel Earth, As basically, they and they fight a lawnmower in the second issue. It's, it's really, really dramatic stuff. <laughs> but they right. do, uh, as Brian said, they do eventually meet up with different Marvel characters. And Michael Golden, like he left after the first twelve issues, in part because like he was he didn't want to draw superheroes, and suddenly here they were. Mm-hmm. And Micronauts, if I recall. They they weren't crossing over in other Marvel books, but Marvel characters were just crossing over in Micronauts. Correct. So he was kind of yeah. like, "Cool, I'm doing these this first story." And the first twelve issues really are like, you know, the rebellion. Basically, it's Star Wars with micro people, more or less. <laughs> rebellion arc, you know, take out the bad guy, boom. Uh, and then the series ran on for like another forty nine something issues. Um, I, I believe all written by Bill Mantlo, if I recall correctly. I think that's um, right. Yeah, yeah, looks like it. And the reason that Bill Mantlo signed on, Bill Mantlo basically made the Micronauts comic possible. His son, I believe, I'm going to say I believe and I think, and if I recall a lot, because I'm trying, I'm trying to recall. Um, but uh, his son was gifted some of the toys from whoever, and Bill Mantlo was like super taken by them. And this was about around the same time that Marvel Comics was licensing everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there, Bill Mantlo basically went to Jim Shooter, the editor in chief at the time, which was like, we're going to do this, uh, which is exactly how I think the conversation happened. Uh, and Jim Shooter was like, <laughs> hell yeah. From my understanding um, of Marvel verbatim. back then, it probably is the conversation that happened. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, my and, kids and, love these yeah. toys. Let's make a comic. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> My kid, despite this very anecdotal evidence, I, knowing that he likes this means it's going to make us big bucks. And it did. In fact, the Micronauts comic yeah. outlasted the toy line, basically. It did. Yeah. yeah. And it's been more successful in yeah, its... Yeah, by quite, its, a, quite a long time. Yeah. yeah. Its rebirths have been more successful than any attempts to bring the toy back, which... Right. And I, right. So, oh, go ahead, David. Well, just some of those, if you read read up on them... Um, like I think it's like the Palisades one that they that was like 2002. Like Palisades made some, but then uh, they found like they didn't have all the molds, and then when they shipped them, the, the number of them were broken, and they had to like send replacement parts that were also often defective. <laughs> it's just could not get it right uh, to get yeah. these back on shelves. They were be, really just you, plagued by so many yeah. problems like that. Yeah. Also, I feel like if you handed young me today 
uh, like a Micronox toy from from the late seventies. I don't know if I would like it. Like, I, there, I think there would be aspects of it that I would like because I was I was huge into Transformers. But I think I would look at like the the the, the see throughness. I know there's a word to describe see throughness, and like I don't know why. Transparency. <laughs> oh my god, transparency! Thank you. <laughs> it's a yeah. it's a struggling day. Um, you know, and I'd probably be like, what, like, what, what is this? You know, um, that's right. it. That's actually the well, end of my only... thought. Only one one of the characters was transparent. It was a character called Time Traveler, and but he was the he was the dude that came with a lot of the toys, mm-hmm. like a lot of the the, the um, spaceships and cars and vehicles and things like that. Um, and you'd get different variations on his color. There was the just flat out clear. There was red and yellow and blue and green, that sort of thing, just all different. And I don't know, I don't know, you know, if it's something that it's one time traveler and uh, every time he goes to a different time, he changes colors or something, or if there's, if there's any storyline that explains that, but um, yeah, there are collectors out there who, who focus on just getting all the different variations of time traveler. And um I'm not one of those. I got one, <laughs> one or two in that big box, and I'm happy with it. Yeah, I think that's so, the one that I saw when I was watching videos of like reviews and stuff. It was like the same guy four times, slightly different colors, and he yeah freaked right. me out a little. So in the comics, um, yeah, what was his name? Commander Ran, or is, am Commander I thinking Ran, of Adam yes. Strange? Was Commander Ran? Okay, so Commander oh, Ran. That's exactly right, Commander Ran. Oh. Well done. Yeah. Um, he so basically he went space traveling like a thousand years prior to the start of the story and i guess he spent a lot of time in cryo blah 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 he visited he was visiting and there's some like really cool like time travel space travel elements in the story like Mm -hmm. he had left a thousand years before he had basically discovered for the the his home world which i just as i was saying it i was about to say his home world is called home world Some things they some things yes. they some things they skimped on. Well, uh, that's I one think. of those things in, where it's in, like the there's they a really note, like, note in the script come like change later. Yeah, it's like it's just like here <laughs> I have this really hey. complicated time travel whatever thing going on. Uh, uh, Homeworld's the planet. There we go. Stuff. We called we called our planet Earth, and that's the name of the dirt. <laughs> so you're not you're not. I take it back. I wasn't trying to criticize, but now I feel bad. So I, I'm sorry, Commander <laughs> Ran. Well, but but Homeworld, Homeworld, calling a place Homeworld implies you know there's like other places we can go. Other world, we're gonna name this one. That's like at the start Uh, of Flash Gordon when they're like, "What's this planet Earth?" And then he hits the earthquake button. It's like, how did you have that button? Why does and it's like that there? Their world and their world and his world. They're all his is apparent. I don't know. Anyway, so Commander Ran. Gone for a thousand years. He discovers a bunch of alien races. In that, when he finally arrives back on Homeworld, he, because of that, basically in the time that he was gone, Homeworld also discovered faster than light travel, reconnected with all these alien races that he had discovered, uh, and then proceeded to subjugate most of them, <laughs> unfortunately. <Right>. Also, this <laughs> Baron Karza, who's like the big bad of Micronauts, like he was like yeah. a peer or something of Rand back in the day who's still alive. He's got this whole thing where like the whole first comic opens with basically the 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 the, the 99% eating the 1%, like almost literally. <laughs> Somewhat dramatizing that, but it's basically the case. Uh, all because Baron Karza is like, I will make you immortal, which admittedly... Like, if you told me that right now, like, I would probably eat some of the rich to get that sweet, sweet immortality. <laughs> not not going to lie. I'm not, not going to lie. Listen, I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. Tell anyway, not, not, not important. I mean, it does. You do have to sort of accept the totalitarian regime, but. Oh, what a small price to pay. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, right, for um, immortality. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> immortal- I mean, I'm just going to live through it, I guess. Um <laughs> I, I mean, I think the immortality thing has some catches. This whole thing about body bags. It's super, like, the comic is super weird. Like, these are, like, the toys. Like, you just have these toys where it's like, look, they bend. And it's like, I got this idea. And it involves time travel, I think. Um, <laughs> and then, as you said, Nick, the commercials are like, your kids can make anything they want to. And one of them's like, right. I made an airplane. <laughs> Good right. job, buddy. Right. Um, so anyway, so this was all time back to time travel. So basically, 
Commander Ran and he gathers his crew of other misfits like Bug and Acro Year, who's the prince of the Acro Years. He's called Acro Year. The race is called. Again, (laughs) homeworld. Homeworld. And, you know, eventually they escape to fight uh, vacuum cleaners and and Roombas or or whatever. (laughs) Lawnmowers. There we go. I got caught up. Lawn Um, lawn equipment. Yeah. So, but Time Traveler is a character in the book that sort of like hangs out with them and says cryptic stuff and like disappears and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, spoilers for a really old comic book. Uh, It turns out that Commander Rand is, is actually Time Traveler. Something, something. He eventually becomes time traveler and then travels through time. I did it. I finally got to the point. Such a long walk for such a short (laughs) drink of water. Micronauts. And I had forgotten all that stuff. I forgot that uh, that that Rand was uh, the the time traveler himself. That's yeah. Yes. Which because I think there are more than one time travelers. Presumably not all. Ran like I think he just joined a club, like he got the sure. membership and was like, "Hey!" Um, but <laughs> kind of uh, like the Watchers, right? The Marvel yeah, Universe yeah, yeah. Watchers. There's a bunch of different ones. They kind of all look the same, and but um, they all belong to the Watcher group. Yeah. So it's they interesting, watch. though, that so for so I, I did want to let you know, Brian, that Marvel's lawyers contacted me and said that you have to refer to it as the quantum realm and not the microverse. Oh yeah. Uh, oh just, really? But, for, okay. but speaking well, out of context oh, for the MCU, here, yes. for the MCU, <laughs> um, but Marvel Comics, I believe, still can use the term microverse because uh, there were definitely nope. a, a handful of Avengers comics. Like there well, was a the whole thing can, where yeah. Wasp dies, and then she's not actually dead. She somehow shrinked to subatomic levels and was chilling in the microverse, mm-hmm. which also I just realized is basically right. like the plot of Ant-Man, Ant-Man. 2. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's exactly Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, and um, so Marvel can technically refer to the term microverse. Bug was a character that I think showed up. He may have showed up in the original Annihilation event, but he was definitely in Annihilation Conquest along with like Star-Lord and Rocket mm-hmm. Raccoon. Rocket Raccoon, I'll let you know, or if you don't remember, is also creation of Bill Mantlo, who wrote a bunch of the Micronauts oh, comics. right. Um, yes. And I believe Marionette, can, Marvel can also publish books with Marionette, though she apparently was much less popular. I mean, Bug, I, I think he showed up in an Iderson Conquest and then a few of the Guardians of the Galaxy comics and then faded back into obscurity. So there are elements from these comics that Marvel still has access to, which for people that I imagine grew up on the comic, if J.J. Abrams comes around, you know, like Nicolas Cage is like, I'll do that. Um mm-hmm. I don't know why I picked on Nicholas Cage just now. I'm sorry, Nicholas Cage. He's a good um, example for this. I was thinking of this video with Nicholas Cage where he just like tells his agent, like, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. Like all these like ridiculous, increasingly ridiculous ideas. And to me, that's J.J. Abrams. Um, (laughs) Right. And like you're not going to get the same Micronauts mythology basically that you would get if uh, Kevin Fugway... some sort of pasta maybe Uh, (laughs) um, if if he got his hands on it Um, yep anyway rant over yeah yeah no definitely true and and you know there's with any sort of property like that that you grew up that you have that nostalgia for there's the excitement of knowing that there's something potentially coming, maybe, maybe not. But then there's also the worry of like, oh my God, are they going to completely destroy it and and um, and give me bad feelings about this thing that I loved as a kid and mm-hmm. and that I was excited about? Um, it's funny because some of the concept art doesn't appear to have more than one character <laughs> was like based on a toy or on a um even on a marvel comics character i know that you know there have been so many iterations that have come out but uh you know maybe there's an acroyer maybe there's one of the uh the reptoids in in some of the concept art but um yeah it's it's it'll be interesting to see if any of this stuff comes to fruition mm-hmm. uh it certainly would be nice if if it did well enough to spawn a new generation of Micronauts toys um, with today's technology and stuff that, uh, uh, you know, making them bigger, better, stronger, more interchangeable. We have the technology, um, more interchangeable. uh, It'd be really cool to see. What we need really, I think, based on what I've learned with Micronauts is that we need another petroleum crisis. 
No, we see it. <laughs> right. You know? Nick, that caused hyperinflation. Yeah, yeah it's and, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Right. Well, it's funny because you were talking about how um, because of the oil shortage, they reduced the size of the characters they were creating. The um, the character that Commander Ran was based on, the, the figure, uh, is called Galactic. Oh, my God. How am I not remembering it? But he was kind of the main one of the main characters and he was made out of die cast metal. He was one of the only Ooh. characters that size that was made out of die cast metal. So no plastic whatsoever. And um, he's the one that's got the, the little wings that flip up on the side, little button you can push on his backpack that make his wings pop out. And I think he's one of the characters that you see in some of the concept art um, is a new, is a new commander ran um, iteration. So very cool. That one's that one seems to have, uh, yeah, some sting power. Now, Brian, I'm curious, as the only one of us here that has had the toys and still has some toys. By the time that you, yes. uh, before the box disappeared, how many yes. of them were complete, and how many of them were missing at least one piece? Oh, sure. Sure. Well, I mean, there were there were some that little tiny pieces that were just easy to get lost, but um, I you know I'm kind of meticulous about <laughs> my stuff, my toys, my it's kind of translated into my music collection, things like that. I I am the guy who makes sure that every ID three tag is filled out for a podcast or for an album I download or oh, wow. or things like that. So I'm a I'm kind of a completist like that. And I was pretty good about taking care of those, um, the Micronauts. They had one thing called the Battle Cruiser. This thing was amazing. So it was like a big vehicle that could transport maybe four or five different Micronauts. It had batteries and a little wired remote that would allow you to, one, one, uh, it had two switches on it or two, two gears. And if you move the left gear, it would go forward and backward. And if you move the right gear, it would go forward to the right. So basically, if you, <laughs> if you wanted to drive this thing around, you'd go forward. But if you wanted to turn left, you basically had to make this crazy little three-point turn <laughs> to get it to go anywhere. But the, uh, but the sides would pop off and become vehicles on their own. And the, um, the individual cars, kind of a transformery thing, uh, the individual cars on the side are were um, were dart guns with little soft tip darts that you could oh, shoot. Yeah. So laid out flat, they just look like a cool little spaceship, you know, design on the side. But if you pulled it off, disconnected it, and then put it upright, it would be a little a little gun. The uh, the darts would be the things that if I lost anything. <laughs> the darts oh, were yeah. the big thing that that seemed to get lost under couches behind beds and, and things like that yeah the the darts the are yard. always the first thing to go in any any toy they really projectile. are yeah if you want to buy a uh a battle cruiser you can get it one with that doesn't has all the parts there's ones with missing parts there's still like a hundred dollars mm-hmm. but this one here even has the darts still only a hundred and fifteen dollars so oh, that's not bad. It really actually is not. And then those yeah, the person was just like, I'm so glad no, I hung the... on to these darts this whole time. <laughs> right. You know, like <laughs> I'm making money. <laughs> that's an additional $3 that I made from holding on to these darts. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, the big box that I bought on eBay a few years ago um, of all the miscellaneous parts, it basically was enough to make a complete battle cruiser. And that was one of the things, this thing had a hundred parts to it. And from memory, I was like, all right, well this, you know, this rudder goes here and these wheels clip onto this part and this goes in here and this thing connects onto this, um, this tailpiece, whatever. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, um, you know, it was, a, it was a nice find that box that somebody really didn't know what they had. They just had a box of miscellaneous parts that turned out to be, several complete sets that's really cool that's like when you when you see someone trying to sell a box of like D D minis you're like oh i'll, I'll take right. it off your hands for like 25 bucks and it's like score just got a couple hundred bucks worth of parts 
Yeah, or comic books. Oh, you, know, yeah. you see garage sales and it's like somebody who found a box of comic books in the garage. I'm like, yeah, I'll just, I'll give you 25 bucks for the whole box. And you're hoping that you get it home and it's not, oh, yeah. you know, Millie the model, but it's more stuff like <laughs> right. Hulk 181 or yeah, you, know, you, you don't want to you don't want to go rarities. through it. Yeah. yeah, if you go through it, then that indicates that you're looking for something of value. You got to sometimes got to take that risk. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. You, you basically got to pretend you don't know what they are either. Like, <laughs> right. oh, you know, my kid likes comic exactly. books. I'll take that box off your hands for twenty five <laughs> bucks. <laughs> and they're playing the same game. They're like, uh, you know, sucker. It's uh, it's a box full of Millie the Model. Ha. <laughs> okay. We asked you, listening audience, to tell us your memories with Micronauts. Share what you remember if you played with them. We sent this out on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, of course, you can ask us. Uh, you can you can answer these questions if you follow us. That is, hit me one more pod on all the social medias. And here is what you said. Nick is realizing he does not have the show talk up. <laughs> I, I have I have it up. I just I I. Had, Brian had said Millie the Model, and I was like, and you're that Googling was also a Marvel comic. <laughs> yeah. So I went to double check, and, and then you caught me with my pants down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, feel free to keep that in or not as you choose. Anyway, Ross Clifton said, I had a bunch of them as a kid. Remember having the Mobile Exploration Lab, the Photon Sled, and the Hydra, along with Acro Year, the Space Glider, a time traveler figure, and both Microtron and Biotron. A neighbor kid had some as well, and I was extremely jealous of the alien figures and vehicles that he had, including both Terrafont and Hornetroid. Yeah, I got to be real Sadly, careful with that one. <laughs> I, 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 I had to... Thank you, Ross. Um, uh, He also said, uh, sadly, the path from complete figures to pieces of them was pretty quick given my age. That's as we were just talking about. That's yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And Rob Houston said, my dad worked for Mego at like, you know, we all had an uncle that worked at Nintendo, but his dad worked (laughs) for Mego. Sure, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) I had I had lots of the early ones, but the later ones were tougher to come by from the freebies that were always around the office. Apparently, my absolute fave was Ferroid. I also remember there was at least one water vehicle and I always took a time traveler and a water one into the pool. That water one that he's talking about, uh, it was great. It was like a uh, a glass sphere, well, plastic, clear plastic sphere with um, kind of a, uh, let's see, had a motor in it. And you'd put a dude in there and he'd stay upright, even though the sphere would rotate and had little paddles on the side and a little tail on the back. And this thing would paddle around the pool. And oh, this thing, that, oh. Was, so, that was so cool. That was another one of the first ones that I got. That's pretty that sounds rad. fun. That sounds fun. And John Barber said, I remember I had the big red, white, and blue dude that took another micro in his chest. Sounds weird. Uh, I also had this cat with a silver head and silver spheres for hands. Uh, Thanks, John. Yeah, the big red, white, big red, white, and blue dude is uh, Biotron. And yeah, he had a little square in his in his chest that you could take off the plate and put another another micronaut into there uh, oh, did you know do you another remember... one that you know again you could go ahead no i was just gonna ask from reading i only read a handful of the comics was there ever a point because i know microtron is it was in the comics there's ever a point where he like took commander ran and just like shoved him inside <laughs> or something you know i think so yeah uh i mean yeah because those are both biotron and microtron both in there and um and I think Biotron, I wonder, I, I remember he had the space for a Micronaut in his chest, but I don't know if he used it for like, oh, need a ride? Yeah, I'm going that way. And you know, <laughs> just pop somebody into his chest. Or if it was like a, some sort of like uh, prison, right? Like, oh, you're the bad guy. I'm putting you in my chest until we can get you someplace where we can keep you for good. Right. Thing. I the did, real I answer didn't shower is that today. it's a it was actually a picnic basket, and he just kept like the sandwiches and stuff <laughs> inside. That'd be pretty right. great for the for the team, you know, right. team picnic basket. Go ahead, David. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say I I uh, was also gonna shout out Joe Hood. Um, reached out on Twitter as well. He shared a lot of pictures, so that doesn't make for great audio podcasting. But I wanted to make sure that I shouted out Joe Hood. Thank you for sharing 
uh, some of the ones that that you shared, like the centaur guys are are wacky and cool looking, uh, and the the dude with the wings and the saw hand, and he also shouted out the comics as as well. So just wanted to make sure, Joe, you participated, and we thank you for it. We saw you. <laughs> you we are saw seen. You, Joe. We saw you, Joe. You've been seen, Joe. We'll put cool. you in our chest and take <laughs> you with us. Now is the time where we get a moment of reflection. It's a little hard with this one. This one's a little bit different because there wasn't like a show for us to watch. You know, there were some comics that we could check out, but it's not really one that you can revisit in the same way. So I guess for this one, what I'll ask, and Brian, you kind of talked about it a little bit before, but do you want to see Micronauts revived? Do you want to see them get a movie or a show and get new toys and introduced to a new era? Or was it like just this really cool, fun thing that, you know, is okay just being in the past? What do you think? I, you know, the selfish part of me is like, yeah, I'd love to see a new animated series. I think a movie is a bad idea, a little lofty Mm. idea. And I think, um, uh, they, I don't know if they'd have enough. It would be a honey, I shrunk the kids kind of thing. You know, <laughs> creatures come to earth and find out their action figure size was the uh, description that I think I saw somebody post somewhere. <laughs> but an animated series where they could really separate out and go into some of these characters, I think would be really cool. And I think there's there's something there, right? There's, um, there's not another uh, uh, cartoon or property whose gimmick is they are extremely small, like, um, uh, you know, smaller than action figure size, which I think was the case for the, um, the Marvel comic. They were, you know, atom sized and they got a little bit bigger when they fought a lawnmower. But, um, I think that's a cool gimmick that, that could make for a really cool series. So I'm hoping that they, they do, uh, they do eventually make this thing. Very cool. Yeah. Nick, what do you think, now that you've read the comics a bit, you've been exposed to it a little bit more, do you think this has legs? Do you think that Micronauts could have a place in the in the zeitgeist today? I think, so it's, it's tough. On one hand, I mean, I've never played with the toys, so it's really hard for me to say, yeah, bring the toys back. I have no idea what the kids today want to play with those kids. Um, but um, I think from the conceit of the toys... Like, I think that it's a cool idea. I love when it comes to like art and, and, and sort of, I really like elements where like you really play with scale and just have things towering over you and larger than life things. And this idea of coming from this, like this subatomic universe, that's not too different from ours, minus the body banks and other stuff, um, you know, but and credit to Bill Mantlo and, and Michael going, but Bill Mantlo uh, and I just kind of want to throw this in here um, because um, I know that this, this, the, the story of Bill Mantlo has kind of made its rounds, especially with like the Guardians of the Galaxies movie, but maybe not everyone knows about. But Bill Mantlo, I mean, he was big during that time frame at Marvel as far as like every, like the, the characters he was creating, like Rocket Raccoon and so on and so forth, like unfettered imagination. Like he took, you know, these toys that had very minimal ideas behind them other than what they were and created this fairly vibrant universe with a lot of fun cool characters bill manlo had unfortunately been hit by uh i think a car like a hit and run and the the person that hit him was never identified Uh, and he's basically been um basically under constant care since then um and um it just i mean it's it's a really unfortunately tragic story for someone who clearly just had so much ideas and so you know, much to give, you know, creativity itself that it's, it's just, it breaks my heart when I read about it. And I wanted to at least give Bill Mantlo a shout out for being so integral. I mean, for me, for me, for like the five seconds I've been in the Micronauts, like, I mean, it's like primarily because of Bill Mantlo. Um, so I think as a, as a, I don't know, like, you know, if you hand it over to universal or whatever company has like the, the film rights to Micronauts or the, the, the cartoon rights to Micronauts, like, well, I think I, I agree with with Brian. Like, a cartoon would be great, or just some sort of serialized drama movie. I mean, I could leave it or take it. It's not necessarily not immediately bad. It's just 
if you don't have some of the elements that I'm now familiar with, um, yeah. like you really kind of have to start from scratch uh, as far as what you have access to. But just the idea of working with like these small toys against the backdrop of something much larger, I think is really cool and certainly has legs, but we'll have to see if someone like J.J. Abrams I don't. I keep picking on them, but yeah. Anyway, I I I do think that it, that there, there's a potential there, but it's really hard to say for sure until someone much more adept than I come along and breathe life into it. Right. Yeah, I definitely agree. I didn't get a chance to read as much of the comic as I would have liked to, but what I saw seemed really cool. And both of you, you know, are kind of leaning on that. That there is something about Micronauts that is unique or is at least not as done as so many other things have been. Mm -hmm. Um, So if they were to revive it, they do have a way to at least give it, uh, you know, have it come in and be like, it's not just like, it's not just robots fighting, you know, it's this whole world, this whole Mm -hmm. small world that, um, that there's a lot of really cool things to interact with. And, and of course, you know, there's that, thought they'll they'll probably just have it be like and they wind up in our world and have to run around in the mm-hmm. streets of new york that's what a movie would be where i feel like a yeah a, a series would give them a chance to actually explore the kingdom and all the crazy stuff that happens on home world and if they do oh. manage to get anything off the ground i hope that that's the direction they go for it and i i wish the toys were around when i was a kid like i love the interchangeable parts and you know i know that i'm in my 30s now and I I don't spend a ton of time playing with toys, uh, but if that was something that was like kind of around and there was that really creative element to it of, of you can take off parts of this one and put them on any of the other ones and Mm -hmm. make kind of your own thing. Like that's absolutely something I would get for my kids. I think that really encourages a a creativity um, in a way that is, is really cool. Mm -hmm. And listening audience, we want to of course know your thoughts you know, we've already talked about Micronauts a little bit, uh, or before the show, we, we asked people for their thoughts on it, but let us know. We definitely want to know your history, your thoughts on Micronauts, how you'd want to see a show or series take place. Brian, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. And I also here with our last episode on, on Frog Pants, and I haven't really had a chance to really express my thanks for you taking a chance on me with putting me on season two of ANTP oh. and, and, um, you know, really allowing me to get to a place where this show could be heard by so many more people. Uh, so thank you for being here and thank you for that as well. Oh, it, it absolutely being on the show, my pleasure, but getting to know you and having you be a contestant on ANTP, the, you know, the, the honor was mine. You were a, a great choice to have be part of that show, obviously, because you made it all the way to the end, but, uh, you you had some amazing creativity over the season that um, that that was top for for all the seasons. So I really appreciated having you be part of that season and see seeing what you've been creating since, and it's been fantastic. Well, thank you. And if people That's want beautiful. to find what you're up to, what you do, where can people do all that? Yeah, basically any website you want to go to, just put the word Coverville at the end, and it'll probably. Uh, work for me, uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all that stuff. Of course, if you want to hear any of my shows, uh, Coverville is the big, uh, the big music show, uh, cover songs by independent artists, obviously. Uh, the morning stream you can find at frogpants.com slash TMS. Film sack is over there as well. And, um, soundography, a show that I do with oh, yes. Hammond Chamberlain, uh, is, uh, in production for a new season and we're going deep diving into uh the entire music library of of every artist per week i worded that extremely poorly (laughs) we pick an artist or a band and we listen to their entire catalog over the course of a week and then we talk about it at the end of that week and and see what we thought were high points low points and uh things in between and of course america's next top podcaster which uh you'll find at america's next top podcaster.com Thank you for mentioning soundography. Uh, Hammond would have hunted me down if I had not uh, mentioned, <laughs> mentioned that one. I'm sorry, Hammond. I'm sorry. Sure. Nick, thanks for being <laughs> here, as always. Thank you, David. It was, it was beautiful hearing you know you guys talk about your America Next Top 
America's why can't I talk America's <laughs> next top podcast? You zoned out halfway through. Um, it's fine. No, I mean, Brian, I like Dave and I talk every day. Um, and when he was going through the whole, you know, the show thing, like he was bouncing. I, I'd say all of his greatest ideas were probably mine. No, I'm just kidding. David's amazing, um, <laughs> super creative, and it was really, really cool just seeing. I mean, whether he was stressed or excited or whatever, just He's like from stressed. week to week, sort of seeing him like grow and become more confident and then especially when he won i mean was such a great moment and then um i mean he's, he's from when we were doing heck yeah comics like i mean he's grown so much as a podcaster. So, so as as his friend and and show partner thank you for taking a chance on him um and then he dragged me along and i'm like now i'm just like what am i <laughs> like what am i doing here i want to make sure uh, people know i did but, not listen, you got to experience this. it all by proxy so that's yeah. great right, <laughs> you true. didn't have all the stress you got all the right. benefit well there was like the cat thing there what, what was it david oh, there was gosh, like a whole cat, cat comedy week um, like a cat, cat, cat reality <laughs> show basically cat house or something oh. like that and i'm like driving in my car he's like i get like an alert like listen to this i'm like dying in the car you're like it's freaking cat <laughs> drama crap uh, it's amazing i still stand by that um, episode so this was fun so I, as being the co-host of the show thank you as well for basically being one of the major reasons that this is all possible because i've been having a blast exploring i'm not actually that much of a nostalgic person like i kind of don't go back so this has really forced me to revisit things that i otherwise probably would have just completely ignored um which has been fun anyway uh david you were wondering where people could find me and they could find me at uh, on instagram at poundblamshazam underscore art or on in, uh <laughs> or on twitter at poundblamshazam there we go i want to make sure people know i did not ask either of them to say those very nice things um but i am venmoing them both right now uh just to clear that away if people want to find me you can find me at davluz that is d-a-v-l-u-z that is twitter and instagram find me there and listening audience thank you so much for being a part of the show we do this show for you we do this show because of you remember you can't move forward if you're always looking back we'll see you next time <laughs>